Welcome to Mavs Daily, brought to you by the Dallas Morning News, where we break down a question, event, news, or trend. My name is Becca from Mavs Digital. I am back with Coach Jenny Busick, and we are so pumped to have you back on the pod today. Lots to talk about, lots of basketball happening, and the season is officially coming back Thursday. We play Friday. Um, how have you been? How, how was your weekend with the, you know, Thursday and Sunday with the scrimmages and things like that? Yeah, it was good. You know, just great to see the guys in action, you know, see where our starting point is. You know, I think it, we as coaches were teachers, so it's all process oriented for us. So the first step is to see how what's been going on in training camp um, is translating to the court and what our starting point is. And, and then we start our process. From our local high schools to the pros, we've got North Texas sports covered. And more than just the scores, from all of the off-season moves to in-season adjustments, and maybe even postseason glory, we've got the inside scoop on your favorite teams, players, and coaches. Follow every goal, save, bucket, and touchdown as the Dallas Morning News delivers real local sports journalism from the press box and locker room straight to your inbox. Head to dallasnews.com sports now. So I know kind of we talked about last week um, how you watch the practices um, in Orlando from home. Um, Can you kind of see some of the things that they've been working on translating to the court or are there more things that they need to kind of, because I know yesterday Maxie had even said like, there's a lot of things we need to work on in practice. What, 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 What kind of things was he talking about? Well, I mean, that's, that's to be expected, you know, like, right. You really don't until you're tested and you can't really test yourselves so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can to a degree, but not really until you're going against an, an opponent, an NBA opponent at that, you know, you don't really know exactly where you are. And so it's very, very helpful to have these scrimmages because it, it reveals um, so that you know what to go back and spend more time on in practice. And then some of the stuff that's going on is going on with every team. It's just part of the beginning, getting back together, getting the rest off, getting your, your rhythm, you know, for a team like us, we're not, um, we're not as much an ISO based team as some Mm -hmm. other teams are. So we, we rely a lot on the past, creating for each other movement. And, and sometimes those things take a little bit longer to get in sync than it would be for a team who's just isolating players you know sure. and so you see and we've had stretches where our turnovers have been a little bit higher than we want that to me that's expected with the style of play that we have it's one of the reasons why it's so hard to defend but it takes a little bit longer to, to get in sync right um so you know that's kind of some things that we that the team has to work on you know kind of getting their sea legs and kind of you know, getting that rhythm back. But what are some things from the games that you saw um, from the Lakers and the Pacers scrimmage so far, you know, that the guys are doing really well that they've improved on over the hiatus or since the season stopped? Um, You know, I think it's not, not all of our guys have shown this yet, but one of the things that our men worked on a lot, uh, especially early in the, over the pandemic, when you couldn't do much else was shooting. And we have a lot of really good shooters and our team shoots a lot of threes, as everybody knows. And so you can see like uh, Luca's shot looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, Maxi's shot looks great. Seth's shot looks great. You know, some of the other guys, you know, come, like Tim's a, a dead eye shooter. He'll come around and with, get his sea legs under, as you mentioned. Um, but the gym is a smaller gym 
okay. uh, with not as much behind the backboard. And so we really feel like it's going to favor teams that are based on, on shooting in a lot of ways because it's their shooter, their shooters gems. And we have shooters that have worked really, really hard on their outside shot over the break. They're already good shooters going in. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm excited just to see how good, how well they're shooting the ball already. Like I said, it's totally different shooting in practice totally different shooting in a workout right. and totally different shooting in a game. So it's going to, it's going to take a little time to translate, but I'm seeing glimpses of, okay, you know, we, we, we started the game against Indiana on fire, right. You know, and, and that was to me a glimpse of, of what can happen with us where this is a team. Um, and I've talked to Rick about this. It reminds me of our 2010 championship team in the WNBA with Seattle, where our team is capable of these, um, avalanches of runs where they they can just go on an offensive explosion and it's like right. a tidal wave and it's exciting when you have a team like that because you're never out of any game um and you know you can really you can really uh put some big runs together quickly so uh i saw like i said a glimpse of that early in the game uh yesterday yeah there there's lots of potential there i think you know i think the scrimmages i think fans were kind of getting you know were confused why you know all the players were kind of getting a chance to play which was a good thing i think that everyone kind of got to show what they you know have been working on but everyone got some minutes um but definitely you know the starters um and obviously the starters mixed with you know the second unit third unit whoever is in the game there's definitely potential um, for that, you know, 30 plus point, uh, quarter that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm curious that you brought up, you know, um, shooting gyms and, you know, there's not a lot of space behind the backboard at the American Airlines Center or at, at other, um, arenas. What is the significance of, you know, there being no space or space behind the backboard or what are, what's the components that kind of like, um, fall into whether a gym's a shooting gym or helping a shooter shoot in a gym or something like that. I'm curious to know. Yeah, well, I wasn't a shooter, so I can't speak from firsthand experience. Okay. <laughs> but from what the guys, you know, talk about and the women talk about, it's just your it's your depth perception and your spatial orientation mm, okay. um, that it's it's different depending on what's going on behind the backboard and and the spacing behind the backboard. So um, most shooters. It seems like like uh, you know more closed in space, and if you think about it, most practice facilities are like that. So that makes sense too. That that's what you're more oriented with. Um, but I mean, you you know these are the best athletes in the world, so they they adapt. Right. Um, they adapt to whatever their circumstances are. You can take them outside. You can have a, bla- a glass backboard, a, a solid wood backboard. You can have no backboard and. And these are men that, that are so athletic. They, they will adapt sure. uh, to whatever the situation is. But, but I think that the, the tight gym uh, does favor shooters. For sure. Okay, that's so interesting. I, I never really thought about it that way. So, um, But, yeah, we do have a lot of good shooters. And, honestly, the support from the team yesterday, I kind of, you know, saw some – during the game we were posting, you know, photos and videos, obviously, from – live coverage, but, you know, um, Antonius Cleveland shot a three and there was like a progression of photos behind him of the guys just going nuts for him. And they were, you know, so excited. And I think it kind of touches on and kind of explains through photo and visually, um, 
you know, that these guys really are supporting one another and you can see the chemistry kind of through those um, photos. So that was really fun to see just from talking about it last week with you. Um, do you think the chemistry on the court right now is, you know, where it was when we were kind of, you know, cut off from the game four and a half months no, ago? No, it, it can't be. You right. know, it can't be. It can't be for anybody, especially our style of play. Sure. Um, like I said, you're seeing uh, our turnovers will come down. You know, they just will. Mm -hmm. uh, that's our guys getting in sync with one another. Like I said, because our, our offense is um, really based on ball movement and people movement, um, and there's a lot of randomness involved uh, right. and spontaneity, that just – it's when it's not as scripted and there's, there's more uh, reads, it just takes longer. Sure. And that's also the hardest thing to defend. So we're committed to it and we, you know, our guys are very good at it already, but it will only get better and better as we get more time together on the floor. For sure. Um, so what is on, you know, your plate this week? Like I know that you take certain matchups and you kind of plan for those, but, you know, during the practices and also, you know, the restart where, you know, it starts to quote unquote count on Friday, you know, what, what are the guys going to be working on this week? And also what are you working on um, personally, you know, from Dallas and trying to, uh, and trying to keep up that same contribution that you, that you would if you were there? Yeah. You know, the team, it's, it's going to be a combination of um, game preparation and just our progression. And mm -hmm. so continuing to, you know, we compete a lot in practice and I think that's one of the fastest ways to get sharp uh, to get your conditioning, you know, it's, uh, we want, we want to come out of this healthy. Um, you know, other teams are a little bit dinged up already mm -hmm. and we, we would like to, to stay, you know, where that's an advantage for us because we're a younger team and we have an incredible sports science team, sports performance team who, um, is very strategic in how we're, we're progressing back into this from a physical standpoint. Um, and so we, we pray that it, that will help us to stay injury free because that's going to be a big, big part of the, of this season with this crazy uh, pandemic break mm -hmm. is which team can, can stay healthy. Yeah. Um, and so we're doing a lot, a lot of that kind of thing, just trying to compete, get our conditioning, get our timing, get our chemistry, work on different rotations because we've, we've lost some of our depth. Uh, going into this pandemic as everybody knows and so we're we're having to tweak our rotations a little bit and play with different lineups and and they've got to get used to get got to get used to each other so that just takes time and so we'll, we're doing a lot of that type of thing and then working on our systems you know like I said coach Mose is doing a great job uh, he's our defensive coordinator trying to improve our defense and he's doing all the right things and you know we still know that we have a little ways to go in that because mm -hmm. that's another thing. A lot of people talk about chemistry when it comes to offense. Right. Um, but there's a chemistry that's required on defense as well, because the game has become so gray. It's not a black and white game anymore where you can predetermine what guys are going to do um, and what the next guy is going to do where in the old days and, and some teams are still more old school where it's more based on predictable sets Mm -hmm. um, nowadays it's there's a lot of fluidity and randomness and continuity to what teams are doing offensively and that makes it a lot harder defensively to to just scheme a black and white 
uh, strategy, it, your defense has to require a lot of reading and reacting to counter the reading and reacting that's going on on the offensive end. So that defensive chemistry is something that takes time too. And I see our guys working very hard at that and, and we'll see how quickly that, that translates. Mm -hmm. um, we, we went against, you know, LA is arguably the best team or top three team in the league with a lot of tough mismatches. Um, you know, and, and we had, we were challenged defensively. We went again, a really tough matchup that a lot of people don't talk about is a local guy, Miles Turner. Oh, for yeah. Indiana. I mean, he's like a nightmare matchup wise because yep. he can he's the he's the five of the future in our in the nba where he can stretch and shoot threes he can pop he can roll he can post up he's a large man that you can't just put a younger guy in but if you put a, a guy who's not very mobile on him he's gonna take you outside and torch you so you know they they created a lot of challenges for us defensively too but that's what you want in the scrimmages you want these scrimmages calibrating your team and right. uh, we feel like that's what they're doing yeah absolutely yeah, I actually, um, Miles Turner went to UT, which is where I went, um, and I actually worked for the Texas basketball team, so I actually got to experience um, him for one year um, working for the team, but yeah, he he is incredibly challenging, um, and I think Boban had some uh some dunk or layup against him yesterday, and it just put a smile on my face because... Um, he is very hard to go up against defensively for sure. Um, Both ends. Yeah, no yes. doubt. He's a very, very good player. Yes, he is. Um, and so, yeah. So one thing that I had a question about because, and this is, has two parts. So Michael K. Grillchrist and Trey Burke, they, we haven't really seen them on the court yet because they um, have just joined us down there. Um, I've known Trey for a long time, um, for like three years now. Um, so I know, you know, from my perspective, what, and Bobby and I had kind of talked about this on another podcast, you know, I, I kind of thought about what he could really bring to the team, um, you know, during these scrimmages and things like that. So, but I want to hear from you, you know, we haven't seen them, um, really, we haven't really seen video of them in practice or anything like that, but what do you think both of them can, um, contribute, um, you know, either in the scrimmage, you know, leading up to it or when the season really restarts on Friday? Mm -hmm. No, they're both going to add to our depth. Um, you know, we've, we've lost a lot with Jalen Brunson out. Um, you know, I've gone, been going back and watching a lot of our, our games. Um, and it really sticks out, you mm -hmm. know, when I go back and watch, especially how much we miss Jalen and when we have to be present minded and next man up mentality. So we don't right. think about it a lot. Yeah. When we're in the moment of our, of our next game, you right. know, we're just focused on us. Mm -hmm. But like I said, when I, in the pandemic, when I had time to go back and reflect on a lot of things, it really stuck out to me just how much we do miss him right. as that, uh, as that playmaker on the floor and the pressure that he puts on the defense constantly um, you know, really helps us. And Trey Burke is a similar type player that will bring um, playmaking ability. He's not just an old school point guard that distributes. He can score. He can create for others. He keeps the defense honest. He's going to push tempo. He's a competitor on both ends of the floor. Mm -hmm. And he brings just a lot of energy. And, uh, you know, when you don't have fans in the gym, right, 
um, I think the energy that comes from within your team mm -hmm. and in particular off your bench is going to be really important. Sure. Um, and so Michael Kidd Gilchrist and, and Trey Burke are two men that uh, I think will really help in that way because those are guys that are bringing a ton of energy every second of every day, whether they're on the floor or they're on the bench cheering their teammates on. They just have a positive vibe. And uh, when their number's called, they're ready. And they're going to do all the little things, get the 50-50 balls, and, and do all those things that you need from guys coming off the bench. And, um, and so that, that's, a, that's some depth that in, some, sure. in these scrimmages, you know, I've thought like, oh, we, we could really use that. You know, right. we could really use that, especially as our guys are getting in, in better shape. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely, I've seen Trey um, score like 40 points in a game before. So, you know, even adding just some points in there where he can, I feel like he plays, he, when it's his turn, he kind of turns it on um, and he's ready. Uh, always at the ready. So I, I really admire that about him. And I love, um, you know, I don't really know that much about Michael Kidd. I don't really know Michael Kidd Gilchrist um, as well, obviously, but I love to hear that he's positive and has good energy um, because that's always something great to have, especially on the bench and also on the floor. Um, and but both of them, like I was saying in those photos that I told you about when AC kind of, you know, was shooting and uh, made that three, they both were in the background cheering him on with big smiles on their faces. So I definitely can see that obviously from my end, even though I'm not there. Um, oh, Maxi was a huge component um, to, you know, a lot of the uh, shots made yesterday, especially the threes. Um, I feel like he is at the ready, you know, whenever he is, starting and he he doesn't really miss a beat like whether he's in the second unit or the first um how has he grown in the past year that you've seen personally well max he's another a plus young man um character wise professionalism um teammate all those mm -hmm. things but where i've seen him really grow is you know he's hard on himself he's as hard on himself as any player that i've ever coached and um, I thought last year that was an area of growth for him because it was to his detriment at times because he was so hard on himself. And you got to respect that about him. I mean, his standards are high and nobody has to tell him anything. He knows. And, mm -hmm. But he would, be, he would beat himself up to the point where I thought it hurt his own confidence and performance at times. Right. And while his standards are still just as high, um, I've seen him really mature in, in the grace for himself to allow him to stay in the moment, let a missed shot go, let a bad game go, um, let a missed defensive assignment go and move on to the next play. And that's a real sign of maturity and mental toughness and resilience that, um, you know, has been a huge area of, of growth for him. And, and take these two games, for example. You know, the first game I thought was a little rough mm -hmm. for Maxi and you know, his growth is he bounced right back and had a great game. So that's, that's where I've seen him grow the most. Awesome. Yeah. It was great to see. Yeah. I, I, now that I think about it in the Lakers scrimmage, yeah, you, we didn't really see much from him, but then yesterday, um, you know, he came out and it was like, you know, three after three, it was really exciting, you know, to watch. Um, but that's great. Yeah. I, I like Maxi a lot and off the court and on the court, obviously, but um, another, another, um, you know, player that we get a lot of, especially from the social media perspective, um, 
just kind of seeing, you know, paying attention to those comments and kind of just seeing what people want to see or have questions about or something. People are always asking why or assuming that coach, you know, kind of doesn't use Boban quote unquote properly. Like that's their opinion. Um, but yet he goes out there and just completely dominates whenever he's given the chance. So what is coach's goal for Boban, you know, when he doesn't start him, but he puts him in the second unit, third unit, whenever he comes in. So we can calm down our fans, but I'm also interested to know, you know, what is Boban's like major role and also the goal for him, you know, on the floor? Well, you know, you have to allow players a chance to get comfortable in your system, especially when your system is a little unique. Um, and Boban is, has continued. I mean, he works harder than anybody um, in the off time and the practice time. And he always stays ready for his opportunities. And that's the way you earn a coach's trust. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as an assistant coach, I, I always mention to the men and women that I'm coaching, um, you know, it's not helpful to complain about playing time, even if it's not fair. Sure. What is helpful is to find a way every single day to earn his or her trust. And here's some of the ways to do that. Mm-hmm. And then if you do those things in practice, you'll earn an opportunity in the game. And then when you get in the game, here's the way to earn trust from the, the limited minutes you get in the game. And you just got to keep working and, and hope because in this league and in the WNBA, at some point you're going to get an opportunity. Right. And that can be your break, you know? And so you stay in faith and you stay true to who you are and you keep working to, to change the coach's mind or earn his trust um, until you have an opportunity. But sometimes it's not a matter of what a player is doing wrong. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of other players, you know, being a little bit more established or chemistry. Or There's always a lot of factors that, that an individual player is just one component of, and it's a, there's a big ecosystem here. And so sometimes players can't see the big picture in the ecosystem. And so it's not helpful to try to figure it out. Sure. Just do your job do everything you can to earn the trust, be ready when your number is called and your opportunity is given to you. And Boban, I've never even had to have these conversations with him. Of course. He gets right. it. He, he absolutely gets it. And I think everybody's seen um, that he's getting more comfortable in our system. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a little bit of non-traditional spacing movement that is a challenge for a guy like Boban and he's adjusted to that he's gotten more and more comfortable he's worked very hard at some of the areas that were a little more unfamiliar for him and uh, I I believe he's ready I think coach thinks he's ready and we've got we got a couple guys out and I mean I believe he's gonna get now's his time you know and you you never know what's gonna happen in the game I've been a head coach some of who you play is totally instinct and your gut you know, intuition in the moment. And you can't always explain that to anybody and you shouldn't have to. But I do believe that, that he's earned trust and uh, he's going to get lots of opportunities and he's going he's gonna to matter in, in the rest of our season and in, and in the playoffs. So let's, let's see how it plays out. Can't predict the future, but I, I'm excited to see how it plays out as well. Yeah, same here. And I'm sure our fans will love to hear that because they love him. <laughs> he is a fan favorite. Um, So my last question for you, because this is something that I um, caught my eye um, over social media, but also I, you know, went online and read about it as well. But, you know, Becky Hammond, she coached a game with Pop as her assistant the other day, um, the scrimmage. What are you, what, 
what are your thoughts on this and the progress, you know, of, you know, kind of head coach taking a step back and letting the, a female assistant coach kind of take the reins. I thought this was so interesting and I wanted to talk to you about it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's, it's necessarily a, just a gender thing. I think it's an amazing thing that pop does that Absolutely. he really develops his assistant coaches and empowers them and equips them to be head coaches. He's not just got them in a role and he's not on some high horse where he's got to be in charge and, and in the spotlight, like he has a, a tremendous coaching pedigree for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Becky's a part of that. And I think that pop has shown that he's not made, basing his decisions based on gender either way. And, uh, and so Becky, they're, they're taking turns. All their assistants are going to get a chance to coach one of the scrimmages. Oh, that's awesome. It's an invaluable experience for an assistant coach. You can only prepare so much to be a head coach in the, in the assistant coaching seat. Right. And then the rest of it, you cannot learn. You cannot learn it, how to be a head coach until you're thrown into the fire and you just do it. Mm-hmm. And so for every assistant coach who's never been a head coach, you learn as much as you can, you prepare as much as you can. But then the final part of your learning process is simply to do it. So the fact that Pop is giving his assistants an opportunity to quote unquote, just do it and get that experience in the hot seat is invaluable. That experience is absolutely invaluable and irreplaceable. So I'm super happy for Becky. She's one of my best friends. Um, I think she will be an incredible head coach in the NBA. And in terms of the female aspect of it, it's important that people see her. They, sure. you know, they need to see it. They need to see her poise and her composure and the, the young men's receptivity to her um, to believe it. It's just the way it is because it's not been done. And so to see her in that role and to see how comfortable it is and how effective she can be, um, I think that is important for, for everybody's paradigms. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought, it was, I thought that was so awesome. Um, and I immediately, you know, obviously my mind went to, oh, I have to ask, you know, Coach Jenny about this. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that was really inspiring to see. And it, it definitely um, gave me, you know, some, a sense of pride just for, you know, women in sports and also, you know, the WNBA being back and all that and everything that they stand for and things like that as well. Um, just all coming together uh, very beautifully. So I very much enjoyed um, reading about that and hearing about it and obviously hearing your perspective as well. And then obviously I'm going to open it up to you if you have anything else to say for the end of this episode, because I think we got into a lot of, you know, what's been happening this week, but if you have anything else to touch on, feel free. No, you know, I think I shared everybody's excitement to, to really get going to the real thing. I think, uh, you know, you'll see these last, scrimmages you'll see some teams sitting a lot of people and Mm -hmm. just being very preventative with their big guns and so these will be somewhat meaningful but not nearly as meaningful obviously as is what we're going to get starting the end of the week so I I think we're all excited uh, for that to begin. Um, Houston is an extremely challenging opponent but we've played them well uh, you know, we've, we've, we went down there and had one of our best games against them. I think Coach Moe has done a great job game planning for them. They're a little bit different team than when we played them the first time. They've, they've made, a, a, you know, some roster changes. Yep. Um, and they play a unique style both offensively and defensively. But I think our men have a good idea of how to counter that. And so we'll let the best team win. But we're all excited to, to get going here. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. Um, it's such a pleasure to talk to you every Monday um, and kind of start my week off this way and, you know, kind of share with our fans a little bit of an inside perspective um, from the other side of the bench. So um, thank you again for joining me um, on Mavs Daily and rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us. Keep following us on social. It's getting really exciting. The season starts on Friday the 31st for us against the Houston Rockets. We are super excited and um, to have basketball back, and we will talk to you next week.